With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. This episode will be dedicated to the spring practice topics, and no topic is bigger right now than the news that J.D. Spielman will not be part of spring practice. He is at home in Minnesota right now dealing with a so-called personal health matter. He has missed the last two weeks of winter workouts as well. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this news? Well, you know, I, I guess we all got to start off by saying that we hope J.D. Spielman's going to be okay. Who knows what he's dealing with and what's going on. But obviously there's a lot of cynics out there. Let's just hope he's getting best. But uh, on the field, you know, th- this is – if he misses spring ball, I guess th- that is not the biggest loss in the world. This is a guy who has gone through – this would be his third spring in Lincoln or fourth. I don't even know what, if it, which one it was. He has good chemistry with Adrian Martinez. He knows the system at this point. It's not a huge loss if he can't be at spring. I think where everyone's freaking out is the – fear of what comes next right and Derek what do you think of what comes next who knows I, I right now I assume he's gonna stick to his word and come back in the summer like he says he's going to and until I hear otherwise I, that's what I assume is gonna happen uh you, you hate to see a player like this something happen to a player like that but Tyler you bring it up I mean Hell, he's missed, he's missed two of the last three spring games anyway. And I don't know how much of the last springs he's missed because of in, either injury or illness. So you're right. He doesn't need the spring to practice. He just needs to get back in shape and fall in summer and be ready to go. Uh, if he's leaving Nebraska, let me ask you guys this. Why not just enter the NFL draft? You know, I mean, he's got to be. I, I would assume he's probably good enough to, be good, to at least try for the dra- draft. Right? I mean, he's put up good enough numbers. I, I don't know if he has or not to be that uh, drafted. But I, I will say this. I think he's doing – he. well, there's two schools of thought here that that come to mind. If he's using the mental health thing, you know, maybe to get a waiver to transfer that way, if that's what it is. Or, two, maybe he's waiting until this NCAA rule gets passed in April, which – will allow a one-time transfer. And if that's what he's trying to do, well, that makes me nervous. I I'm I don't like I don't like what we have at wide receiver right now that if he's not part of there. I think he's one of the most indispensable Huskers that we have on offense offense right now. He might be the best guy player that we have on offense. And I think he's worth at least one win. Uh just with his given talent. Uh, I don't know. Tyler, what do you think? 
Well, you know, the wins and loss things, I think you're 100% right. Well, there, there's two different ways to approach this. You know, one, his unbelievable talent. I mean, this is a guy who is on pace to absolutely rewrite the receiving record books at Nebraska. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, if he does his worst season, will be the all-time leading receiver. He is also a guy that I think had the potential to be a 1,000-yard receiver this year. Unbelievable talent. The other piece of it is, what does that do to the depth at that position? And, right. and I think that the, both of those things, to me, are equally frightening. I, I don't know what that means in terms of wins and losses, but what I will tell you is if J.D. Spielman is not on this roster come the fall, our ceiling got a lot lower. Yeah. Derek? Maybe our ceiling got lower. I don't know what it does for depth, per se. I would say losing Javon McQuitty and Dami- uh, Darian Chase hurt the depth more than J.D. Spielman. You already knew where his spot was. He was already on top. The depth, the depth where you worry about is usually behind your starters, right? Fair point, but that means that if J.D.'s not there, there'll be another guy that's a starter. I mean, there's three guys, and, and McQuitty and Chase, we've talked about Chase a little bit, but those are three guys that you could have penciled in to be in your three deep at wide receiver. I mean, that that is a third of the guys that may have got playing time this fall. Well, I, I understand that, but again, I, I think it hurts your starting position more than it hurts your depth at that point, because your depth I'm more worried about. Semantics, however you want to call that. I mean, taking a key cog out of your starting lineup, that does hurt your depth, because we, we played this game when we did the offensive depth chart. It, it was hard to come up with uh, guys in the two deep. You know, I mean, we're just throwing in names at one point because there's not a lot of experience there. You're taking a lot of experience. I don't know how many catches he had last year. Uh, well, was, I don't know, but you two, you two need to quit putting your putting receivers in your two deep because every time you guys put receivers in your two deep, they leave. Well, JD, that's true. JD, JD was in yours. But let, let me ask you this, guys. There's obviously the rumors that he may transfer. Justin, you alluded to that. We have heard this rumor that him and Frost have not got along. We've heard the rumor he's going to transfer. And it seems like we've heard this for the since Scott Frost got the Lincoln. Yeah. And, and and I guess my question is, why now? Like, he's had a lot of windows to transfer. Why now if he's actually gonna do it? Well, I think I think right now, given those two scenarios that I gave up uh just offered, was the mental health and the new lockup or new rule being passed in the NCAA or potentially being passed. He doesn't want to sit out the bottom line. If he can transfer without sitting out, then he can use those two rules there to his advantage. Otherwise, where is he going to go? South Dakota State or FCS program? I mean, that, that's the only other option without sitting out. He doesn't want to sit out. It'd be a big kick in the balls if he went to South Dakota State or Minnesota or wherever these rumors are. But Again, I, I, you know, he, it, it may come true. I, I mean, obviously, I have the same doubts as everyone else right now. But at the end of the day, he hasn't bailed yet. And there's been a lot of speculation about him and Frost's relationship. Um, and I, I, he just he keeps coming back. At some point what, in time, like, that means something. What, Tyler, what do you think, though? I mean, in your heart, do you feel like he's coming back? Yeah, I do. Really? Okay. Well, and, and, then, and, and maybe that's just me being like, oh, my God, I really hope he comes back, so I'm willing myself to believe that. 
Uh, it won't shock me either way. But where there's smoke, there's fire. We, there's been a lot of smoke here over the last, you know, spe- last year, especially with his buy-in that you were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, Derek, you, you're confident he's coming back. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm confident. I mean, I'm in the same boat you guys are. I mean, there, there's always the possibility maybe he does leave. But I'm with you, Justin. If he doesn't have immediate eligibility, I don't see him going anywhere. I can't see him dropping down to FCS. I just can't see him doing that. I, you're killing any draft potential you have at that point. I don't know. Uh, no, this is this is going to be something that we're going to be keeping an eye on here shortly because, and this topic isn't going to go away because as we continue on with our spring practice uh, preview, wide receivers is going to be part of the conversation. So let's go ahead and let's just get into that now. Uh, spring practice starts next Monday, March 9th. Uh, what position battles interest you the most, Derek? Oh, man, I tell you what. One, one of the probably top ones for me is probably one of the most boring positions out there is offensive line. Like, everybody's talking about Farniok moving inside. Everybody's talking about maybe Ben Hart getting in there. You hear about Corker and maybe getting a chance to come in and play at guard or maybe a backup at tackle. I, the Guys, I, I, I know I understand your concern about the wide receiver, but this offense is only going to go as far as this offensive line takes us. And they're going to have to take a big step forward in the run game and the pass game. They're going to have to give a quarterback's time to throw, and whoever the quarterback may be, and they're going to have to give running backs holes to run through. And it's not going to be Diedrich Mills in every run. So it's going to, you're going to have to open up some pretty good-sized holes if you're going to have a Ramir Johnson running through there who isn't as elusive as Washington is. Thoughts, Tyler? Well, Derek took my pick because that is the battle that I'm most intrigued with. You know, Greg Austin talked about in an interview recently that we basically got three starters determined. And... And and I think after that, where Farniok plays is so intriguing to me. I think they'll determine that in the spring. And But regardless of where he plays, there is a plethora of individuals that could take the other two starting spots. It is, even though we could have all five returning offensive linemen starters, it isn't a guarantee at all. I mean, Bo Wilson's spot's not safe. Um, Hickson's spot's definitely not safe. I mean, I think there's a lot of movement that could be that was... I, I agree. That's the most intriguing one. Okay. Uh, give another one, Tyler. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I think the the battle of the quarterbacks, I mean, there is so much speculation, and I feel like I just took Justin's like Derek took mine, but but the, the battle of the quarterbacks, I don't think it's going to be much. I think Adrian Martinez is going to run away with it, but – there is no doubt in my mind I'm going to be checking that battle. I mean, that that is a huge moment. And if there is any truth of fire that a guy like McCaffrey or Smothers or um, that draw could take over the spot, I mean, that that is a program-changing move. That That is 100% a battle I'm paying the close attention to. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, what interests me about the quarterback competition there is, you know, talk of is it going to be a true quarterback competition? Are we going to see – Guys get equal reps and uh, an opportunity to start. Tyler, you're shaking your head. You hate I don't that. Want it. I, I, I get, well, it's not that I hate it. It's just I just don't buy it. Like, I think Adrian Martinez is the best option. Like, 
I am all for giving guys reps and giving them there, but I don't think you need to give equal opportunity in a true quarterback battle. I just don't buy that. Derek? Another position I think is uh, just change the subject on here. I, I don't care about the quarterback <laughs> battle because I think I think Tyler's uh, right. Adrian Martinez is going to win it, it, so I'm not that intrigued by that myself. Uh, but another position battle that I think that nobody is really thinking about is really kind of tight end. I think everybody's just automatically assuming Jack Stoll is going to be the starter, but with all the rumors going around about this Volkolek and supposedly being NFL caliber talent, can he unseat a Jack Stoll that? really has done nothing to prove he's as good as what we all want to think he is. Yeah. I I don't know. You think it's a two-man race there at tight end, Derek? Uh, for the most part. I, mean, I think Austin Allen could probably still try and find some reps in there. But I think, it, it, again, it's all speculation. It's all maybe hype, if you want to call it that, on this vocal egg. But if he's as, is as advertised... I could see him jumping some spots pretty good here in this depth chart because yeah. none of the tight ends were really all that impressive last year. One of the position battles that intrigues me a little bit, uh, just based off of, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of experience there, is the running back position. You know, we know what we're getting with Diedrich Mills, but behind him, uh, Ronald Tompkins, Ramir Johnson, they're there. We saw a little bit of Ramir Johnson last year. Wasn't in no way impressive. Haven't seen Ronald Tompkins. I'd like to see in the spring if those two guys can step up because we got Sevian Morris and Marvin Scott coming in the summer, and that's going to help out a lot. But you know, we we got to see what we have. We're not th- we're not very deep at white at running back at for the spring, so that's gonna that's gonna interest me a little bit. Agreed. Yeah, I I, t- I tend to disagree because I think a lot of the talent's coming in this summer, so it's going to be hard to really. Judge that it's going to be a completely different room come fall than what it's going to look like in spring. So it's going to be just like the wide receiver group, and that's why I don't have that in my one of my most intriguing spots either. Is you know it's just uh, it's just, that room is going to be so different come fall than it is now. I, I am a little surprised that nobody mentioned a defensive position yet. I had linebackers written down as a alternate there. I think the linebacking situation could be interesting, especially with the newcomers coming in. You know, Clements coming in, uh, that should add a nice little wrinkle at inside linebacker. We, you know, we talked about Colin Miller and uh, Will Hoeness on which one was better at that position, and I think Clements. I think he has an opportunity to step in and probably take, well, maybe take a spot, a starting spot away from one of those two guys. Uh, all right, moving on. Which players that, that will be going through spring workouts for the very first time are you looking forward to seeing? Tyler. Well, I think there's two names that come to my mind. Um, I'm just going to start with the guy that you just mentioned, Ativa uh, Mega Clements. I think that he, uh, in spite of me not being able to ever say his name right, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I think he is a guy that's coming on the campus and of any of the incoming freshmen that will be on campus or incoming players, he is the most likely to really see playing time in my opinion. He, as Justin said, he could end up starting. Um, that's definitely a possibility. I am so psyched to see what he can do. I hope he comes in and lights the world on fire because I think that's the position we need. Yep, agreed. Derek, thoughts? 
I, I originally, one of the first two names I wrote down were Corcoran and Ben Hart. But since I've already talked about those two, I'll, I'll move on and go with uh, uh, Demarion Houston's one of them. I'm, I really would like to see what he can do. Uh, Ramirez Johnson, I know we kind of got to see him really in one game last year. But can he step up? I know, Justin, you kind of mentioned that. Uh, Noah Pola Gates is another huge one that I'd really like to see if he could step up. Uh, I know he's had some recent injuries last towards the end of the last year, and I don't, I don't, I haven't heard. Is he going to be available for spring to practice, or does anybody know? I haven't heard he wasn't. When, when he went down, I remember the the speculation was he was going to be ready for the spring. Again, who knows where he's at in recovery? Who knows uh, any of that? Yeah, at this point? And we'll never know until probably the spring game when we get to see him or not. Right. Uh, one guy that I have uh, penciled in is Alante Brown at wide receiver. You know, it's a lot has to do with the depth there at wide receiver. But what's interesting is he was a quarterback in high school. You know, he, he threw for 41 yards past uh, 41 touchdowns and rushed for 12. So making that transition at the college level at wide receiver, that's going to be very interesting to me. I mean, I think he has a, a real huge opportunity in the spring, especially especially with J.D. Spielman not there. Uh, we don't we have like four guys on scholarship there at wide receiver right now. Some of these guys, younger guys, they're going to get plenty of opportunities and plenty of snaps. So I want to see some of these guys develop here in spring. They got the time. They're going to have their opportunities. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, you bring up uh, J.D. Spielman being gone again, and I talked about the tight ends, and Tyler and I had a disagreement on the last episode, I believe it was, about where Chris Hickman was going to end up. So with J.D. Spielman gone, does that mean he's going to move out to wide receiver more now? I think so. I think he has to. Just to fill, yeah, about, fill, ha- about has to, at least for spring, right? Yeah. Those quarterbacks need guys to throw to. Well, and, and, and another guy is Wandell Robinson. You know, he obviously, this is not his first uh, fall here or spring here, but, I mean, I have him as a guy that I could have seen moving over more to a running back. I mean, that's off the table. I mean, you've got to keep him at wide receiver and give him all the reps out there. Um I think possible. You've really got to get him comfortable running better routes. He's got to develop there. I, I don't know if you can expect to see him much under, you know, not under center, but behind the quarterback, because I just think that you really have to get him more familiar with running routes. Yeah. You know, what's, what else is interesting is the timing of the routes with Adrian Martinez. If Adrian Martinez is the guy, like you guys say, he's going to be, these guys are going to have to really work on their timing with the route running. Uh, that's something, that's something that Adrian Martinez he didn't excel out excel at last year. Uh, his throws just weren't crisp, and a lot of times it didn't look like the quarterback and wide receivers were even on the same page. So that's well, interesting. Let's, let's hope this new wide receivers coach can help fix that too. Hey, I'm I'm optimistic about that. I think he's a huge step up. We've talked about that. Uh, moving on, this is a two part question, guys. Which player do you expect to make the biggest jump this year? And which player would you like to see make the biggest jump this year from last year? So taking that this uh, from the first one, which player do you expect to make the biggest jump? Derek. 
All right, I'll I'll say maybe the obvious one for Tyler. Seems how I stole his answer earlier. And I'm gonna go Adrian Martinez. Like going into year three, I expect a huge jump from Adrian Martinez this year. Like he took a step back last year. I expect a huge step forward this year. I'll call this. I'll chalk it up to sophomore slump, and uh, I expect to see better than freshman numbers out of him this year. Okay, Tyler. I'm going to go with uh, Cam Taylor Britt. I I think Cam Taylor Britt is a guy who is positioned to maybe be the best defensive player that we have. You know, he is right now in my top three. I think he had a good year last year. He showed a lot. You know, he's kind of getting to that point in his career where it's like, okay, now you're really becoming the guy um, as he's entering his junior year, which is crazy to think about that he's a junior already. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that is definitely kind of like Adrian Martinez entering that third year and he's poised, I think for a really big season. So I, I, I really would like to see him make a big step forward. I expect big things out of Bryce Benhart this year. He was highly touted coming in on offensive line. I had him projected as a starter. So I am obviously expecting big things for him. I mean, he has an opportunity, so that's going to be fun to watch. Derek. Well, the other one I had that I was kind of leaving for Tyler and knew that one of you guys mentioned was Cam Jurgens. Yeah, I almost had like, him. I, I expect that guy to take a huge jump. I, I thought he made huge strides within the season last year, but he still had room to work towards the end of the season. I think another year under his belt, this guy could be a special center in the end. You know, honestly, we could probably go around – uh, you know, four or five times with guys that we expect bigger things out of. Coming off of last year, there's a lot of guys that we expect big things out of. Uh, so, uh, second part of the question: Which player would you like to see make the biggest jump, Derek? Well, I had Cam Taylor, but I'm going to stick with Caleb Tanner. That's one guy I think. You know, he was very highly touted. When we got that guy. He was the one that was throwing hats on the floor, and then he finally tore open his shirt, was wearing a Nebraska shirt, and then went under the desk and picked up the Nebraska hat. It just made a big spectacle of it. And he was this big four-star guy that everybody was so excited to get. Uh, And really, he's been on the field for two years now and just hasn't really impressed anybody too much yet. And so yeah. I'm really hoping that – and that's where I think we need the biggest help on defense is linebackers right now. And so I, he's a player that I think is athletically good enough to be a great player. We just need to get it out of him. Yeah. Tyler, which player would you like to see make the biggest jump? Well, before I answer that, Derek, I agree with you. I think that's a guy that you really got to pencil in there. You know, I, I personally have doubt if he is going to be in the starting lineup. But if he progresses, I mean, that's a position group that we really need. Um, but the guy that I would like to see the biggest take the biggest step forward is the guy that Derek mentioned for the guy he expects is Adrian Martinez. Um, I again, I have definitely been a pro Adrian guy. I you know I have said he wasn't as bad as everyone thinks, but I I really would like to see him like just really take that step forward so I could shut Justin up. I mean, <laughs> good that, luck that's doing really that. About it, so. But, yeah, Adrian Martinez is really the guy. Yeah, everybody wants to see him take a step up. You know, they expect it and they want to see it. So that that's good. We all want to see that. 
Uh, a player that I want to see, uh, that, that I'd like to see take a major step forward is Garrett Nelson. We saw a little bit of flash of Garrett Nelson last year. Uh, the dude has a motor. We keep talking about his motor. He just needs to be more familiar with the defense and being in the right position. So I think hopefully this is the year that really gets it done because I, I think it benefits us to have him on the field. He just needs to be on the field. He's one of those guys, high energy guys that you know it, it gets everybody riled up. You know, it gets the fans riled up when he's out there. Hell, it gets me riled up just thinking about him being out there. Yeah. So I mean, that sounds weird, guys. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Any other guys that you have that you thought I, I of? did have Garrett Nelson penciled in as an alternate in case nobody mentioned him. But. Okay. Right. Garrett Nelson is a really good get, uh, guy. Um, another guy that I would really like to see is uh, Darian Daniels. Or, I'm sorry, Damian Daniels. That's going to confuse me to death this fall. God. Oh, yeah. The worst thing another, about them I, coming here. Hey, but just, no, just, but, go ahead. Just, just wait till you uh, Isaac Gifford gets here. How many times do you call him Luke Gifford? God, I mean, I, I yeah. But the reason why I pick him is because you know there's a he's presumably going to be the starting nose tackle. When I look at that position, there isn't really a natural backup. I don't even really know who else can compete. I mean, he's a guy who largely hasn't played. He's really an unknown factor. I think if this defense is going to be able to succeed, that nose tackle's got to be locked down and. So I'd like to be able to see a lot from him in the spring. Um, I'd really like to see him come forward because I think that the defense really needs him more than a lot of other people to step forward. Another name, I don't know if it's really fair to throw this one out there, would be Diedrich Mills. Like the last three or four games, the guy was phenomenal. But can we get a whole season like that out of him? I mean, can, can we get that big of a step out of him that he would look that good throughout the whole season? Because remember, the first three or four games, we were all wanting him on the bench because he was fumbling left and right. Yeah, I mean, he was new to the system. He was new to the system, but as soon as he took it over, I mean, God, he filled it nicely. I mean, after the Maurice Washington disaster, I mean, he became became our go-to guy. He did. I I just wonder if he can do it for the whole season. Yeah. I have confidence. Is you mentioned his production for a course of a season wasn't what you wanted, and a lot of that's because of fumble. But fumbles towards the end of the season were not a problem. I mean, I, I will tell you. So, I mean, what would his season have looked like if he didn't have that fumbleitis earlier? So, yeah, I, I I think he would be more in the guys I just kind of expect. Honestly, if he could just do what he did last year, I'd be happy. Yeah, just he just has to keep it going. I mean, I I was satisfied with everything that he gave. Uh, depending on how spring practice goes, are there any players on the roster that are transfer candidates to you, Derek? Oh, how many do you want me to name off? Just one right now. Just one right now? I'll lead off with uh, Will Farniak. Really? Yeah. He was he, he was recruited as a center. He's not being mentioned really, I mean, maybe the two deep, but he's not going to pass Cam Jurgens up. There's too much love from Frost there. I haven't heard much much talk about him moving over to over to guard anywhere. His brother's going to be gone after this year. I he's a guy I could see maybe going. Yeah, maybe I'll try it somewhere else. Interesting. Uh, thoughts, Tyler? I don't like that pick at all. I I, I really don't. I think that 
you know, I, I think if he is good enough to get in the lineup, it may not end up being at center, but I think they'll find a spot for him eventually. Um, I, I would be, I, to say, why, I mean, really, really shocked is an understatement. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't. But it, it's interesting with this question is because you, we've already seen so many people leave the program. Um, you know, we had talked about doing this podcast and this question specifically, and, and there were a couple names that I thought about that have currently left the program since then. Um, if, if I was going to list my top two when I thought about this, it was Barrett Pickering and Javion McQuitty. But since they both left, um, I, I'm going to go... Where, who was I going to go with? Uh, I'm going to go with Kurt Raftall. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was a pretty high prospect. He's got some ties into other schools. Um, you know, right now you look at that tight end position. I mean, he's entering his junior year, and he might be the fourth tight end. He is a guy that was uh, – he's up there for me as a guy I can see leaving. I'm, okay, so first of all, Javion McQuitty, he was my number one, obviously. We all know he's transferring. I think he was everybody's number one. Yeah, he is. But I'm going to keep it with the tight ends, and I'm going to go a different route. Uh, I'm going to say Austin Allen. I think Austin Allen is a guy that played quite a bit last year, and he showed that he can play. But I think with Jack Stoll and Travis Vokalev there, I think he's going to find himself kind of buried a little bit. I I, I don't know. I, I'm i not sure uh, – if he would stick around after spring, I, you know, see the reason why I don't like him as much is because he's got the Nebraska ties. He does well, and 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 how much is that worth? I mean, for, you know, if if let's say he is third string this year, like you would think next the following year he'd be at least number two. I I I just he would be a little bit more shocking to me. Um, obviously, I don't know where the depth chart's going to come in at, but. And I don't know if Austin Allen had quite the, you know, other schools going at him as Raftall. Was Raftall, was he a higher touted recruit? Well, I mean, well I mean, I'm, fact, I'm, I'm fact checking this. I will be. I, I will say that I did have Kurt Raftall. Kurt Raftall was a little bit higher recruit than him. Not by much, but okay. um, but was technically. Um, a higher recruit, uh, recruit, but his offer list was a little bit different. He had LSU. He had some other big time schools. Now that doesn't mean you were recruited that way four years ago. These schools had still have any interest. So I don't know. Hopefully n- nobody leaves. I, I'm kind of well. That's always I'm tired with uh, some of these guys leaving. I was like, okay, that's it. Whoever's left, that's it. No more. The rest of you guys are staying and playing football. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm with you. I, I don't want to see anyone leave. I, there, there's, I mean, every once in a while you see a guy on the roster and you're kind of like, God, you're just taking up a scholarship. And, and honestly, at this point, there's only one guy that I kind of had in that category, but I'm not going to just single out one player that I think is a waste of a scholarship. Just go ahead. I mean, we just, okay. we just did it's, it. It's, it's David Alston. I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought about that too. I, I have I have him as one of my alternates to transfer out. Yeah, like, even though I, I did end up having him, I think in my two deep. But if he can't get in that two deep, I could see him walking away. I just going that, somewhere else. An, yeah. Another name that no one's mentioning is Noah Vedral. I don't like that at all. 
I he could be that. number four on the depth chart this year. I don't think so. I don't think he will be. Yeah, I think if he ends up four, I, I think Noah Vedral will not graduate at Nebraska or not play his last football in Nebraska, but I don't think this is the year he transfers. Well, I mean, he's I mean, a he's, junior. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's going to be a junior. The last time he can transfer. I mean, well, he, could, he could be a senior. He could go be a grad transfer. I just, I think there's enough speculation out there, whether it be true or not, that there will be some sort of quarterback controversy or competition. And I think that Noah Vedral has a really good shot to be at least the backup for Adrian this year. Um, and if he's the backup, I just don't see him leaving. Hey, what if happens? He falls, if he falls down that depth chart, then sure. But I just don't see him doing that. So we talked about it a little bit before uh, in the beginning of the show when the NCAA uh, may or may not approve the transfer rule there in April. I mean, God, that's that could really suck for Nebraska, right? Well, it could suck for a lot of schools. Yeah. I mean... It, it opens up free agency in college football, which is does. something we've all sat here and said we don't want to see, but... We're here. I mean, it, we, we could benefit from it just as much as we could get hurt from it, too. Yeah, that, that's true. That, that's another way of looking at it, I guess. But seeing how much time it takes for these guys to develop in Scott Frost's system, it's, you know, it, it, I don't know. That's a, another conversation. All right, let's move on to the strongest position groups headed into the spring. Tyler, what are your s- strongest position groups? I'm going to go with quarterbacks. I, I think we are deep there. We have four guys on this roster um, that I believe that can 100% play Division One football. I, I don't think there's a position that I can name four deep that I think I wouldn't panic if any of those guys saw the field. I, I Again, I like it. That's the position that I think that I am absolutely pumped. And I'm excited to see what those guys will do in the spring game. Yeah, and I'll further that statement there. I mean, I, I could you could make a case for Adrian, Noah, or Luke McCaffrey starting at that position. And, you know, you could have a little debate, but I would be comfortable with either one of those guys starting a football game at Nebraska. And it's rare that you have three quarterbacks on the roster that fans can agree that, you know, they'd be comfortable with that. Maybe you guys don't agree, but I, I think most people would agree. I mean, we saw Noah start. We saw a little bit of clamoring for Luke to start some games or get more playing time. So, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Derek? I, I do agree with that. I, I, I figured it would probably be brought up, so I went another route. And I went offensive line. I think the offensive line is about the strongest we've seen in offensive line in about probably four or five years. Uh, you know, we're getting some big players like Ben Hart and Corcoran in here. Farniok's still a good player. Uh, Hymas is still a good player. And we're getting some guys behind them that have size. And uh, we got a lot of six, seven, six, six guys in here that are all pushing 300 pounds or over 300 pounds already. And I think that's nice to have for Nebraska, considering we haven't had that for a long time. What, what about defensive line? What, Tyler, you were a huge proponent of the defensive line last year. I mean, are you still feeling strong about defensive line headed into 2020, especially in the spring here? Are we on, are we on the weakest right now, or are we still talking about Oh, the wow. No kidding, Tyler. Oh. So Ouch, uh, That hurts. Yeah. D- I, defensively, I have, I have hey, the defensive line up there as one of our, one of our stronger units. Hey, but, yeah, before we move on to the weakest, Tyler, I mean – 
I I kind of like the defensive line. I mean, there's a, I think there's a lot of talent there. I mean, we're we're not that deep, but I think we got uh, enough uh, bodies there, enough talent there, where it, it it's I don't know if it's going to be a much of a drop off from last year. The the only position group on defense I would say that's stronger, and really it's with the exception of DiCaprio Boodle would be defensive backs. <laughs> I, I agree. Defensive backs is my number two. If you take out, um, if you take out quarterbacks, I, I think defensive backs. Now that doesn't mean I think the defense. Uh, I, I will get defensive line in a second, but um, no, I think defensive backs is a great one. I think there's a lot of talent there. DiCaprio Boodle is among the talent there. Um, God, I I really hope I'm right, and I know Derek hopes I'm kind of right too. But I do. I, I know I know I'm hard on DiCaprio Boodle, but look, I hope he looks like he did in his sophomore year, where he had 15 pass breakups and zero interceptions. At least he was stopping people. All right, well, let's move on to the weakest position groups. And Tyler, I'm bringing it back to you. I, I go. I'm going to go with defensive line. Uh, okay, can we just say? Well, I, I think the obvious answer is wide receiver. Um, like I thought you'd go Derek first, but wide receiver is probably number one. But I'm going to stick with defensive line because I kind of already hit that. Yes. Here, here's my issue with defensive line. It's not that I don't think there's potential. It's not that I don't think there could be some depth there because I do think both of those things. But with the exception of Ben Stilley, there is a lot of unknown and a lot of potential. I mean, last year we did not do the best job of rotating defensive linemen. And now we're in a position where I really don't know what to expect from this unit. I have a good idea what to expect from backers. I have a good idea to expect from running backs. But defensive line, I just, it, there's a lot of unknown there. While I think they could be good, right now, I, I got to chalk them up the weakest because they just haven't played. All right. Uh, thoughts on defensive line, Derek? I mean, I guess you already kind of gave it. You kind of like the I, defensive line. I, I like him. I think there's a lot of potential there. But everything that Tyler just said is all the more reason why running back should be one of your weakest positions. Yeah. We have one guy we know can run the ball, and behind him, it's all a question mark. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a Ramirez Johnson fan. I think he's going to be a good player. But there's no proof yet that he's going to be a good player. And and it's and we got two guys coming in in the summer that could pass him up that we and we don't know. I mean, I think in the summer it'll probably look a little bit better. But I, that position as a whole. I think is our weakest position across the board. Yeah, I agree. That's who I had penciled in uh, running back. It just scares me. I mean, it, that's why I'm really interested in that position group in the spring to see how these uh, Ronald Tompkins and Ramir Johnson, how, you know, how they pan out because we know Diedrich Mills, he can't carry a full load. Wandale Robinson is going to be needed at wide receiver more than running back. If JD doesn't come back we don't know anything about Sevian Morrison or Marvin Scott. I mean, we think that they can come and pick up the offense, but they coming in the summer. If you if you miss spring, you're already behind the eight ball there in the Scott Frost offense. It's difficult for a lot of these younger guys to uh, grasp his what he wants to do. Uh, so yeah, running back and well. Let me just say, and, and what, and I agree with that. The Scott Frost offense, there's been people that haven't really progressed, but the one position that people have done a pretty good job picking up quickly is running back. You know, under under the Scott Frost regime, Mo Washington played quite a bit as a true freshman. Dedrick Mills, his first year on campus, he ended up playing a decent amount. 
You know, and it so did Greg there. Bell. He left. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like running backs have done a nice job picking up the Scott Frost offense more than any other position. That's fair. No, the one the weakest I have on defense is linebackers as a whole. Like, how's that not getting brought up? I'm starting to turn around on these linebackers. Like, I I think with there's, the guy- there's no proof in the pudding yet, though. I mean, again. There's potential there. I mean, Caleb Tanner's got Caleb Tanner's got potential. Garrett Nelson, we all love. He's got great potential. JoJo Doman, we know, has got potential to be good. But he kind of regressed last year. But, Colin Miller but, and Will Honus, we just sat here and talked about them last year, about how they were okay, but they're not great. I mean, I mean, we, I, I mean, we all expect, we all, we're all assuming that Clements is going to come in and be this beast of a, of a man. But again... It's not like we've never – we thought Will Honus was that guy. He was the number one linebacker coming out of Juco. We thought he was going to be this beast, and he wasn't. Yeah, that's fair. I just think there's a lot of bodies in there. There's a lot of candidates. Uh, And and I've seen glimpses. And that's the thing about the linebackers that gives me hope, that while 100% weak unit last year, but last year I saw glimpses out of all of them, uh, again – compared to something like the defensive line where I didn't see running backs also a fair thing, but I just, I think we're in a good, I think Mills is going to be able to carry a lot of that load. You can't carry a hundred percent. You're right. But could, could he carry the ball 20 times a game? I, I think he can be that guy. We saw him in glimpses last year do that. And then, so now going into the spring, I mean, you talked about the scholarship guys, but you have Brody belt out there who's another guy that could yeah. factor into the equation a little bit. Um, yeah. I, 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 th- I I feel, again, I honestly feel good about the two positions. That, again, defense, wide receiver. Can we all agree wide receivers are biggest mess right now in the yes. spring? Oh, it is right now, yes. I mean, they're, they're, I mean and, and, and come summertime, I mean, it, there's going to be a learning curve. And it, these guys could get thrown to the fire. That's going to be some fun podcast to talk about those wide receivers. In the summer, because if JD doesn't come back, and again, I hope he does, but for just <clears throat> entertainment value, that could be really interesting to see what these incoming people do over the summer. You know, if we had have done the offensive depth chart episode, let's say this week, uh, instead of you know two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and we did it, I mean, Tyler, our our depth chart at wide receiver has just been decimated with jd spielman and darian chase and i guess mcquitty also my goodness how would you even do a depth chart too deep at wide receiver right now i mean it's you're just chucking in names for namesake there's no experience there there's no catches you know they're not here yet yeah i mean it's here yet and we have and and we haven't seen really freshman wide receivers come in and play under scott frost yet and uh, that's the scariest. And, and I wouldn't won't be shocked if post spring, I have a red uh, a walk on in my two deep at wide receiver. I won't be shocked if I if there's a walk on that becomes a story of fall, uh, spring ball. Won't be shocked well, if that happens. Cade Warner all the time, right? Well, besides, <laughs> it, I mean, because I think you're gonna have to see a walk on. I mean, you don't have you have four scholarship wide receivers in the spring. There's yeah. gonna be walk-ons at play, and I, I guarantee we're gonna get our we're gonna see a spring game wonder out of a walk-on wide receiver. Well, I think we're giving away the answer. We're doing the Jeopardy thing here, you know, answering what is the question. 
I talk about wide receiver. Of the weakest position groups, which group can improve the most with summer arrivals? What are the wide receivers? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but let's again. That's kind of the obvious answer. What what else did you guys have? That's it. That, that is it for me. I mean, I I think it's going to have to be, especially with I, I I think Omar Manning coming in. I think being a JUCO player, he's got experience at the college level. Maybe it's not Division One, but it's still college t- uh, experience. Uh, I I think him coming in can make a big difference. Uh, Xavier Betts, I'm not sure if he's going to be quite ready, but he's got the height and he's got the speed. Uh, Fleming is another good one, I think, coming in. Uh, Justin, you've brought up Alante Brown several times over the last couple episodes about him being a player that could be a factor first as a freshman. And And he does. He has a leg up on everybody being here in the spring. So, uh, granted, that doesn't really answer the question, I guess, with him. But I think with those three wide receivers, that makes a huge difference on that wide receiver core. Yeah, Will Espe- Nixon also. Especially if, if it ends up being Spielman gone. Uh, I think running backs is another one because I think Sevian Morrison could come in here and make yep. a difference right away. Agreed. My, my other one was linebacker. I think with uh, Butler and Green coming in, those are two guys that I don't know where you guys had them on your depth chart, but those are two guys that I could see both of them cracking the two deep come fall. Both? I don't know if they will. I think there's – I could. I had Butler in there already, um, but uh, Green – Didn't you just tell me, though, that the linebacker core wasn't a weak spot already? No, I, I agree. I think I think linebacker – we have some players. I, I, I think that's a battle that's going to play all the way through. I I – Again, I don't think the fact that there's more players that could come in and pl- fight for playing time points to weakness. I, I don't. I, I'm not. Again, if I had well, a Derek's rank, point was that was the question. <laughs> well, no, the question was is who do you see coming of the in weak, of summer? the weakest of the weakest of okay. the weakest groups? Which ones do you see that having most effect at the incoming players? I mean, well, and you just got to tell me that linebackers wasn't a weak spot. Well, then it's, then it's, again, wide receiver was the obvious answer. I guess that was my – because my only other weak spot was defensive linemen, and I don't even know who's coming in at defensive linemen in the summer. So that's not going to get any stronger during the summer. Jordan Riley is the only one that I can think Jordan of. Jordan Riley's already here. He's he's in – Feldarius Payne. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. I mean, Payne and uh, Nash – not a maker. I mean, nice hot hot maker. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yep, wrong list. So, but but again, I don't think either of those two guys are going to come in and really do much to compete. Uh, all right. Moving on. What do you expect out of the special teams this spring, Derek? Oh, I expect to find a damn kicker. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not even concerned about the returns. If we, I don't care if we fair catch it every time on kickoffs and just take the ball 35 yard line every time. If we can get just even somewhat decent punt returns or our, even most fair catches, I'm okay with on punt returns. My biggest concern is finding kickers, and 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 you could talk about kick coverage all you want. It's going to come down to touchbacks. Get me a kicker who can kick some damn touchbacks, so we're not covering kicks all the time. Uh, we were one of the lowest teams in the country in percentage of touchbacks last year. 
but I will say this. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. We'll call him William Transfer from Michigan State because I can't say his last name. Prisustup. Prisustup. Whatever, however it goes. He did have 34 kickoffs, and he had 11 of our 14 touchbacks. So right now he's a good starting point. I think he's probably going to be your punter as well with uh, Armstrong gone. Uh, Chase Contreras, a kid that uh, Iowa Western kid that we picked up, seems like a good guy for kicking field goals. Hopefully, uh, again, give me somebody who can make some field goals and get me some touchbacks. That's my biggest concern. Tanner, thoughts on special teams? Yep, I, I, everything Derek said, I agree with. I, I I'm hoping by the end of spring we have some direction and we have some confidence. You know, I, I I know this won't happen, but I would love to see, like I would watch like a pregame kicking just to watch all these kickers just try to kick field goals, just to feel a little bit more confident about that. I'm really curious on how Scott Frost is going to manage special teams in the spring. Uh, I, I'm sh- hopefully he's asked that question when he has the press conference uh, next Monday. Uh, because that's, I mean, God, we've we've talked about special teams was such a disaster last year. I mean, we we need to pick up special teams on everything that you said, Derek. I mean, you're right about everything there, and uh, that that kind of scares me there. Uh, any final thoughts on spring practice, guys? Yeah, honestly, let's just hope we get through it healthy. And as attrition-free as possible. Like, I don't want to lose any more players. I know we talked about players that we think could leave. I don't want to lose any of these guys. I I hope J.D. Spielman comes back. I, I can't see why he'd want to leave with all the records he's about to break at Nebraska. Come back and break these records, J.D. Maybe he wants to play us. in a bowl game. I mean, you just want well, to play in a bowl game. This year. That's going to happen this year. Yeah, we, we thought that for a few years now. Uh all right, let's take a quick break to hear from another great podcast from TheBigHeadsMedia.com. If you're like me, then every Saturday in the fall is the best day of the week for you. There's nothing like waking up, turning on the TV, and getting ready for a whole day of college football action. Whether you're watching from the stadium or from the couch that day, there's still nothing like the excitement that builds as you wait for your favorite team to take the field. The problem, though, is that for most, this excitement only comes on Saturdays. Here at the Flagship Football Show, We think every day should be College Football Saturday. That's why the flagship team works all week to bring you the best recaps, previews, interviews, topics, and discussions on all things Ole Miss football. Tune in every Wednesday for our new episode on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And follow us on Twitter at FlagshipFBShow and on Facebook at The Flagship Football Show to keep up with all our coverage. And remember to stay with us every single Wednesday all year as we bring you everything you need to know about the flagship university in Mississippi on the flagship football show. And we are back and it is time for last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Derek. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the NFL combine that happened last weekend. And uh, Khalil Davis being one of the only 300 pound men to uh, run under a four, eight forty. Uh, those those Davis twins, while I know their size is not really ideal with what the NFL wants, man, they killed it at the Combine. And, boy, it'd sure be nice to have something to root for on draft day, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. 
Draft day has been a bore for Husker fans lately. Tyler? You know, I, I, I clamored last year how I believed our defensive line was a really big strength. They're, you know, they, they exceeded. They're one of the best in the Big Ten in the combine. They looked like two of the best defensive linemen in the country. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's awesome to see. I think both of them probably, with those combine results, have put them in a position where they can be drafted. So we could be looking at three Huskers drafted from the defense last year that wasn't very good. Kind of a shocker there. So, Big shocker. All right, last call to you, Tyler. Uh, my last call goes out to high school wrestling. I know it's not something we probably talk a lot about, but I want to talk about one guy in particular, uh, incoming freshman, Nash uh, Hut. I suck at names so bad. Nash Hutmaker. I'm going to say this name wrong because I want to say something else. Uh, he just finished out his high school career <laughs> in South Dakota um, with his uh, fourth consecutive uh, Class A championship. He actually has the record or tied for second law all time in the na- nation in pins. So um, great high school wrestler. I'm excited to see what he does. That's kind of what Iowa's done. They brought a lot of wrestlers. I think this kid's got a bright future, but kudos to you. Yeah, he's butchered more opponents than you have Husker names. I tell you that much. I mean, and you, I don't know about that. That's butch- a lot of names he's butchered. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Good for him. It's, it's going to be exciting to see him come in. Can't wait, Derek. No, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, Scott Frost. I think is going about this the right way when it comes to these big men in the, in the trenches, going after these wrestlers. Uh, it's all about leverage and pushing, and nobody knows that better than wrestlers. So. That's it. All right, last call to me. And that last call goes out to Bill Moose for tempering expectations for football and ba- men's basketball by saying, we might be two years away, guys. Two years away. I don't know what that means, but you know what? It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like what we thought it would. You know, we had a topic about this uh I don't know, maybe a month ago about uh, where Nebraska would be, how long it would be before we even get to nine wins. And hearing Bill Moose say something like this makes me think that we were all wrong and it might be a little bit longer. So I don't know what we're looking at here, guys. It's I hope he's not setting us up for two more long years. We've had too many long years. Derek? Sounds like clickbait to me. Sounds like another thing that Justin overreacts to every time he sees something on Twitter and he sees one quote that gets miscued on because the article that you can't read because none of us are, all of us are too big a tight asses to pay to read the, the crappy Omaha World Herald. Uh, and as far as the basketball team goes, let's just add in this, just a little one little factor for everybody. It probably is going to take a couple years for them. We just had a game that has this has not been done in over ten years, where a division two, a division one team is in the last ten years has not shot under thirty percent on free throws with at least thirty free throws thrown, and we just shot twenty seven percent. So we hit an all time. We just hit an all time low. Basketball just continues to get worse and worse, and I think we're probably a good three or four years away in that sport. Could be, could be. That's fine. I mean, shoot. I mean, are we? Do we care that much about Nebraska basketball? We're used to them sucking, you know. It's the football <laughs> that matters. I mean, basketball's been two years away for sixty straight years, 
<laughs> I mean, we want football good now, damn it. Tyler, what do you I think? Get, I get it, but we uh, nobody really expected Nebraska to be a national title contender or a Big Ten title contender in the next two years anyway. So if we can get back to the eight, nine wins for, for the next two years, I'd be happy. Yeah, without full context of what he was talking about with football, what that really looks like, I don't know. I, I Again, I think we all kind of expect this football team to be a little bit better this upcoming year, but... No, I don't think any of us are sitting here thinking this 2020 Husker team is going to be uh, competing for a Big Ten title. Um, and so I, I, I guess if you want to say that, I don't know what that means. It's going to be two more years. So, But, yeah, I, I hope it's sooner the better. But basketball, God, that that's definitely at least two years out. This is the worst basketball season I could think of in my lifetime. Yeah, I don't even know if I'll watch the final two games, really. I mean, it's... It's it's that bad of a product. Just bet against them, then you'll watch it. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. But yeah, it's God. We we need better. We need better, guys. Bill Moose is uh, striking out here on his wins. He doesn't have a lot of wins for his coaching hires right now. And when he says that he's two years away, it's like Judas Priest. What do we? I mean. If it's two more years of what we've been seeing out of these programs, uh, I don't know if I have the patience for it. I'm getting gray hair thinking about it, guys. It wears on you. It, sports should not wear on us this much, right? Should it wear on us this much? It's supposed to be fun. Sometimes it's just not. It is fun. It's not That's fun. That's why we're doing this. It's fun. Yeah, losing sucks, man. Losing sucks. It's not fun at all. My goodness. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Wiggins again inside the 10. Touchdown!